You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Nerd Table. I am your host today, Eric, and I'm here with two of my good friends, Chris and Dan. How are you guys? Sir. Did you you enjoy doing the intro this week? Uh, You know, it was very off-putting, but I I feel like I I knocked it out of the park. Maybe not. I think so. I think so. I think think we're good here. If you guys enjoyed Eric's introduction, let us know in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, then they never listened again. I know. Son of a... They're like, Chris didn't do it? We're not doing this shit anymore. (laughs) No, I think people will be happy that I'm not always taken over and be in the the center of attention here. Well, I don't know if I'm sure taking over or center. I'm I'm a pretty shy guy in all honesty. And you know this. I I think that's what's kind of funny about especially the two of us. Like, I can't speak for Dan because I don't know Dan outside podcasting world as well as I know you. But like. You and I are actually pretty shy people, and we generally don't like being the center of attention, but give us the spotlight and give us the opportunity, and we run with it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And we were really bad at that at Disney, being the centers of attention, the two of us. Well, okay, but the thing is, is we never really asked for it. It was just kind of given to us because we did stupid shit. And you can't say that we did. We had fun. (laughs) We really did. (laughs) We did stupid asterisk. Had fun is what we did. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it was at others' expense. Are you a a shy person in, in real life or not really? There's his real life. Oh, man, the philosopher here. Is there? Is there real life? Is any of this real? Right? It's all made up. Indeed. So, I'd like to make a personal announcement regarding Super Smash Brothers. I uh, I started, they, they added... Uh, Kazuya from Tekken. So, of course, I was playing again so I could play as him. First, I played as him, then I played against him and everything. I have decided to retire Pikachu as my main because I was using Pikachu to do the spirit battles, which are the little gimmick fights where you win the little character tokens. And I was just getting my ass handed to me as Pikachu. I switched to a new character and won about 12 matches in a row on every difficulty level, including the hardest one. So I've decided that Isabel from Animal Crossing is the baddest bitch in the game. And that's my new main because with her, her fishing rod and her little party popper, I dismantled entire teams of heavyweights, including Bowser, Ganondorf and King Dedede. Pikachu was getting his ass thrown from the arena, and Isabel just laughed every at everybody's pain. So, jeez, I have to officially put Pikachu to the side. Also, Isabel is way better at getting back from a ring out than Pikachu is because she literally puts herself on a balloon swing and just skyrockets upward. So as long as you're not directly underneath the stage, you're getting back in almost every time. 
The sorry Pika Pika. Pika P. <laughs> and I still never use Pichu. Pichu is a baby. Just... Why is he even in the game? Get Pichu out and put Waluigi in, you cowards. There's I still agree. one more downloaded character before they're done with the game. If you're not allowed to breed in your game, you shouldn't be in Smash Brothers. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you just call Waluigi celibate? <laughs> is that what just happened? No, he's saying Pichu is a baby and can't fuck. Well, neither can Mewtwo. Okay, but Mewtwo can't breed because he's a mythic. Like, he doesn't need to breed. Like, he could probably. Ah, here we go. God doesn't himself. need to breed. But Lucario. <laughs> you know Waluigi fucks. But Lucario. Because <laughs> we all know that's. <laughs> Eric, you want to play Smash Brothers? You're really you're picking Lucario? What I mean, about Simon and Richter and... <laughs> Listen, I love Lucario, but I would never pick Lucario in Smash Brothers. It's 100% Kirby all the way. Yeah, Kirby's savage. Yeah. Kirby's a straight savage, and yeah. Playing against Kirby is the worst. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where... I thought I sucked, and I still do. I, I suck... At Smash Brothers, but there's something yeah, about I do Kirby. Too. There's something about Kirby. Kirby literally sucks. Yeah, Kirby literally sucks. Yeah, he does. Well, video games are going to be on the topic this week. We had a couple of uh, video game centric topics to discuss. Uh, we have a top ten challenge to answer. We have an entertainment challenge to respond to. But first, I want to throw it over to Dan, who is watching Dragon Ball for the very first time and get his thoughts on the newest story arc, because that's how you're going to do this. You're going to do a story arc for each episode and catch us up. So I watched this all on Monday. After I watched everything else I had to watch for the week. <laughs> um, This was... Training and the Tournament Saga. And now you've met Krillin. Yes, I have met Krillin. And they did their training. And I love how it's just revealed. Oh, no. So the whole point of the, the turtle training is that just so that you're you're so quick and so strong and have such stamina that it doesn't matter what you do in a fight, you're going to win. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. Did you like did you like Master Roshi's alter ego? I have actually I had seen almost all of the tournament before. Even not, even not as a fan, it turns out you've actually seen it. Yeah, because I would just like sometimes I'd be like home alone and we'd flip through the channels and I'd be like, that looks interesting. And I would watch some random thing for a while. And I've seen most of the actual tournament before. So. How'd you actually like the uh, the first tournament that they do? Because they do they do several during the sh the peak of the show. But I actually always thought the first one was a lot of fun. One of my favorite moments is Goku's first match when they're just like, "What is this pose he's doing? He's unguarded on every side." Yeah. <laughs> you just stand there like a dirt. <laughs> Don't matter. Does not matter. Oh man. Uh, yeah, they even did just pretty good. I mean, even the preliminary section had its moments right 
Now, correct- the guys that Krillin was with before he went to Roshi. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other one's the guy flying. <laughs> now, it's been a while since I have watched. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've watched the original Dragon Ball. So just refresh our memory real quick. And who's actually competes in this one? You don't have to go through like the whole roster, but some of the characters that we meet do come back in later episodes. Uh, let me, man, I need to remember. Okay, so uh, actual tournament first round, we have Krillin versus Bacteria, whatever. Bacterian. Bacterian, yes. Yeah. Bastion Booger. I love that Krillin beats him because he doesn't have a nose. Yeah, he's like, hey, you don't have a nose. And he's like, <laughs> that's right. And then he ends up knocking him down and farts in his face <laughs> and wins. What a jerk move, by the way. <laughs> You're so mad that this dude smells. And then that's the move. You you hit him with his own stink. <laughs> yeah. Really straight uh, savage. Then it was what Yamcha versus Master Roshi as Jackie Chun. Yep. Yamcha gets his ass kicked. And then it's the girl versus... The Hindu guy. I don't remember the girl's name, but the Hindu guy's name was Nam. And he's got like an ac- a backstory and everything. And I think. Uh, yeah, his I think- hometown has been devastated by too much heat. There's no water. Everyone's going to die. It, he needs to win the tournament to get the money to, to buy the water and come back and replenish the town. Goku, uh, I think Goku does actually go to visit him and he does. He does appear in other uh, other episodes. Yeah, well, the payoff is Roshi gives him a Dyna capsule that's an empty, big empty thing that he can put water in. Oh, he's right. Like, I, I still cannot afford the water. And he's like, dude, we're in a town. Just just go to the freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have um, Goku versus the dinosaur guy. Yep. Which the match is about to begin, and the storm comes in. So they don't do it. Then they almost fight at a bar, and then they go back to the fight, and then all of a sudden, Goku gets his tail back, and the guy quits. <laughs> yup. <laughs> it's like, I'm out. Because he's like, let me test out my new tail, and he bounces off of it and kicks a hole in the wall, and he's like, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> So what I think is great about Dragon Ball uh, in particular is how rare flying is. Yeah, not until yeah, once flying becomes an actual ability, then all they do is fly. But in regular Dragon Ball, they don't. Some characters can float really high. Like Puar can float. Chaozu can float. But other than that, yeah, the characters do basically stick to the ground. You don't even ever really see Master Roshi fly, even in the later series. I mean, it's implied that he can, but he just doesn't. Yo, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever seen Master Roshi fly. I don't think he does. I think it's just implied that he can, but he doesn't. He doesn't need to. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, so... Jackie Chun, as Master Roshi, teaches Goku a lesson in humility. Yeah, so the whole point is 
he's there because they're both already so good. They're 12 and 13 years old, and they're the two best martial artists in the world. And if they win now, they're just going to stop because it's just a fun thing they do. And I need to beat them because if if I don't, then they're going to stop. So go- <laughs> So Goku's obsession with always training and getting stronger, leading all the way to the end of Dragon Ball Super three series later, can be directly attributed to the fact that Master Roshi kicked his ass in a tournament. Yeah. Let's just Roshi. put that... <laughs> Master Roshi's fault. Master Roshi the is way. the savior of Earth and also its destroyer. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yup. Yup. <laughs> so Master Roshi destroys the moon, which there's more implications than just what the commentator freaks out about. What about moonlit walks on the beach and everything? Yeah, what about the tide? Yeah, what about the tide? What about, like, there's so many, there's probably things we don't even, still don't even know that are tied to the moon cycle. Oh, I've watched videos about what would happen if the moon disappeared or the moon flew out of orbit or whatever, and they're just like, it would be catastrophic for Earth. It's one of those situations where we'd survive, but it wouldn't be fun. First of all, like every ocean beach is gone. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the whole thing about about the whole global warming cycle and like the ocean levels rising is that people are like, it's going to make the Earth uninhabitable. It's like, well, no, it'll still be habitable. It's just not going to be fun because if the ocean levels rise, every coastal city on the planet gets wiped out. Yeah. Goodbye, Bahamas. And there's hella coastal cities. Yeah, so <laughs> I hope yeah, I hope y'all really want to live in Kansas City. Cause that's where we're all going. <laughs> Dallas, Denver, yep, choose your choose your yeah, inner. If, it, if it gets bad enough, then any coastal state might be uh, unable to be lived in. They and there are they might not even exist. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The lost city of Atlantis. Except you know. it's the lost city of Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> Underwater city of it. All the caffeine in that Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? Let us live forever. Yeah. Yeah, my goodness. We yeah. Just, I love Futurama. Fucking hyperfish just swimming all over the place. Well, I love it because Yamcha catches on to Master Roshi, but he keeps on no selling him, and then he tells Nam about it. And he's like, can you do me a favor before you leave? <laughs> and he dresses him up like him and puts him in the crowd. So Yaucha eats his sheet shit. That's the thing is Yamcha gets crapped on because he's such a weak character in later seasons. But in reality, he's actually kind of a cool character. It's just that he's an egocentric. He's egocentric. And I've heard that people be like, well, you know, he's, he's so full of himself and he shouldn't be. And I'm like, yeah, but egos are kind of a thing in Dragon Ball. Yeah, but like, what about Hercule? Like, we're going to talk about people who are full of themselves. Mr. Satan? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's the most egocentric character, but at least he's funny. Talk about Hercule Perot, the Agatha Christie. The By the Agatha. way, Dragon Ball Super made it canon that Hercule's actually his first name. Yeah. So the story there, the, the character of Mr. Satan that you meet in Dragon Ball Z was called Hercule when it was aired. 
on Funimation for television. Oh, television only, by the way, because if you watch the DVDs, he's still called Mr. Satan. I think every now and again, a Hercule slips in. They tried to re-edit them all back, but they missed they missed like one or two that you'll catch. So he's but they, Mr. Hercule Satan. Basically, they could have just gone with Satan and made it different, but they, you know, they, you know, just like the the 90s hockey player from the Buffalo Sabres. Right. They could have done that, but they didn't. But then in Dragon Ball Super, because they didn't they didn't do any of the, the goofy try to make it for kids redubbing, which is why there's only ever going to be the one dub of it because they got it right the first time. Which is why I'm telling you to watch Kai, because Kai dubs it from the actual anime. In fact, there's a couple episodes of Kai. I would watch the Kai episode and then I'd watch the original Funimation attempt. And it's almost like you're watching a completely different episode. Right. Because the dialogue is so vastly different. The one that gets me is uh, Vegeta's return to Earth when they sense Frieza's presence. Because the the thing that gets me is they're having the conversation, Oolong, Puar, Yamcha, Bulma, Krillin, and they're all talking about where's Goku in space and Vegeta this and everything. But then in the in the, the kitty version, Yamcha's singing a goofy cat food song. And that's and then Vegeta reve- or Bulma reveals she had a dream about Vegeta. And it doesn't even tie in. You watch them back to back, you're like, where'd they even come up with that? I know there's like some animes where the story is completely different in the dub. <laughs> Uh, Pokemon, the first movie, (laughs) the American dub completely missed the point of what the movie was actually going for and made it a message about fighting is bad, which makes no sense in the world of Pokemon. So, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I teared up because you didn't finish the job. (laughs) Well, damn, son. So next is uh, Red Ribbon Army. That's a good saga. Red Ribbon Army is actually a really good saga. It, there's, it really is, yeah. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of fun characters in it. And I, I remember having a good time watching the Red Ribbon Army saga. Now, I don't remember where this falls in. Maybe you've already seen it. Have you met Fortune Teller Baba yet? No. Okay. Because that's a fun... It's like a mini arc, but it's really fun because she's got a... Uh, Goku fights, like, creatures that are inspired by the old Hollywood movie monsters. Like, he fights a mummy and a, and a vampire and an invisible man. Yeah, this is, like, the what I want to call the magic era of Dragon Ball, where there was just a, a lot of wizardry going on. And that thing yeah. sticks for a while, and it comes back and gets revisited in Dragon Ball Z. Actually, a matter of fact... So does the Red Ribbon Army. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Red Ribbon Army does actually. Yeah, that's another reason why it's significant that you watch the first Dragon Ball, so you meet a lot of these characters. Because there's, you can watch Dragon Ball Z with no real knowledge of Dragon Ball, and but you're not going to understand why some stuff is significant. Like, like Oolong and Puar stick around for a really long time, but they're they're not important characters after Dragon Ball. So it's just kind of like, why do they just have, have a random pig? Like, is that even a necessary character? It's because he was a necessary character. He was. Plus, think- Dragon Ball will help you appreciate Yamcha before Dragon Ball Z makes you start yeah. to question. 
everything well, about him. I think my favorite thing about Dragon Ball is it really made me appreciate, and I'm pretty sure they cut this out in Kai, there's this one scene where Gohan goes off on, in training and he meets General Tao. General Tao is just like, you're not Goku, are you? And like, no, that's my dad. And he just looks at him and he's just like, well, I'm out. <laughs> and he just, and he, he just leaves. He just leaves. <laughs> and at fir- the first time, like, if you don't watch it in order, you're just like, that was a weird interaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Kai did cut that out. Like, uh, Kai cuts... Kai cut out the entire Garlic Jr. saga, which I don't miss, because I didn't really care for that saga. It was kind of dumb anyway, and it took way too long. I think I know it's only like 10 episodes, but it's 10 episodes too long. And I know that they they cut out the General Tao stuff during the Cell games, which was kind of a fun little thing to to bring back. But again, they a lot of that stuff was made up for the anime and Kai sticks strictly to the manga, which is why it's more faithful and also why it moves faster. Yeah. Like I said, they cut out at least 12 full episode length free parts of the Frieza fight and you don't actually miss anything. <laughs> Like the one episode where Freeze is just like, I'm going to do in this one. I'm going to fight with a hand tied behind my back. It's an entire episode they do. It's terrible. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it so far, or at least I hope you're enjoying it so far. Well, the first arc's a little too wacky. It's a little it's a little too wacky. Um, now it's good to see that things are a little, a little more serious interspersed. Yeah. Well, Dragon Ball was supposed to be a comedy. So it, it does a lot of comedic stuff with its action, but Dragon Ball Z goes way more for action and excitement over uh, over comedy. It still has the funny parts in it. You never quite lose that aspect, especially from characters that are designed to be funny. But just remember that Dragon Ball was supposed to be a comedy and it was supposed to focus on a lot of mythical stuff. One of my favorite things that you've actually seen before is the Kamehameha wave, where they're talking about how long it took him to master it, and Goku just watches him do it once and then does it. <laughs> just yeah, he's like, it took me 50 years to do that. And he's like, oh, dude, he... After you did a Kamehameha wave to destroy <laughs> the Bull Kings, whatever, building, he was able to do it, just not as powerful. Yeah. <laughs> he did it right after you did it. It's just like, oh, cool, I can do that, too. <laughs> That's the one thing like <laughs> I feel like Goku should have kept. It's just see it once, learn the move. But then again, he kind of yeah. does that already. Yeah, he like starts the next he starts the next match with how Roshi won the previous match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, what should I do? What should I do? You know, I'll do what Jackie Chun did to beat Krillin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, great. That's another thing that's important for Dragon Ball Z is you have to establish Goku and Krillin's friendship because that's a key point of their relationship. Yeah, because I hear Krillin dies all the time and they have to go get the Dragon Balls to bring him back to life all the time. Yeah, there's it. That's well, that's the meme is Shenron going. Oh, hi, Goku. Yep. I'll go ahead and bring Krillin back. (laughs) (laughs) This is also plays into why he's so fucking scared and super. He's just tired of dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I get it. I get it. Okay, listen. 
If you were friends with Goku, but every time you guys did something, you died. He brought you back, but you always died. Anytime he'd come over, I wouldn't even answer the door anymore. Like, Goku, go away. <laughs> Stop coming here. <laughs> no. We could be internet friends. <laughs> Just, nope. Just, nope. Uh, it, it, it's like the, uh, the, the season four premiere of Rick and Morty when the backup Ricks keep showing up in different dimensions and he wakes up in the teddy bear dimension and as soon as he sees the fascism he just goes nope and just kills himself so he doesn't have to deal with it yep have you guys seen the latest Rick and Morty yes Uh, yes oh my god season 5 episode 1 is the last one I saw oh oh, man the new episode the latest episode holy shit oh it's ridiculous It's so ridiculous. Is it free on Adult Swim? It's called Morty so think about what that means. It's, oh, it's great. But is it on Adult Swim right now? Can I go watch it? Uh, no, I'll give you, I'll give you the uh, access to my Plex. You can watch it on my Plex. I I watched it on Hulu. Oh, it is on Hulu. Well, yeah, I don't, it might be, might be just because I have live TV. On yeah, TV. you need the TV deal. Uh, Hulu will be late to the thing. And I, I don't think HBO Max adds the season until the season's done. So, I mean, when the season's over, you can just binge it. And that's great. But there's only like six or eight episodes to a Rick and Morty season. So. All right. Man. So let's uh, let's let's hop over to our top 10 challenge. Discuss video game antagonists. This was given to us by Brian Leon. And he said that these can be any video game antagonists. They don't necessarily have to be the final boss. So I based my list on bosses that I either had fun challenging or they had fun boss fights or appear in multiple games that I'm a fan of. So, again, I am Nintendo heavy, but I'm also a Nintendo guy. I always have been. I always will be. All of my favorite video game franchises are Nintendo franchises, with the exception of Grand Theft Auto. I'm very RPG heavy, like literally RPG heavy. Yes. So Sephiroth will be on Eric's list. Mine are all games I love. Yeah, these all come from games I love, too, right? Like, that's that's the thing. So who wants to go foist? Well, let's see here. I was two ago and Chris was was it Chris last time. So that means Eric. No, I thought I was last time. Was it Chris last time? last time? Was it Chris? I don't care. Who, who wants to go first? All right. Three way rock, paper, scissors. Go. Yeah, that's going to work great on an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could just scream out the name of the thing that we want. Ah, good old rock. It always wins. Yep. Number 10. The moon. Image Gordon's <laughs> mask. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I, for, for the longest, I was just like, I can't wait to do that battle. I mean, I was disappointed when I got to it, but I couldn't wait to do that fucking battle. I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to fight the fucking moon, but it's going to be epic. And that drove me to play that game. That's that, such a crazy game, too. Like, all the like time the traveling. Start, the game starts, and it's like, in three days, the moon's going to crash into the planet. You're fucked. Right. Yep. And you have to you have to play the song of time and go back to the beginning. 
and there's a lot of stuff you have to do. And in fact, there's the one mission. It's like the final hours. You're waiting for like the the couple to reunite, and it happens with like ten seconds left before the apocalypse. Yo, for real. <laughs> You're just like, come on, damn it! Like, what is your fucking deal? Hurry it up! <laughs> you not see the moon coming down. Which is great, because I just watched Loki, and they just did a whole thing about the moon crashing into a planet, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's Majora! Oh, haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna go watch it today. But yeah, they, uh, oh god, it's, yeah, Majora's Mask is, a uh, underappreciated game. But yeah, I also I just remember it getting shit on at the time because everyone loved the other one because it did something different. And people it's the same reason why people shit on Zelda, too, because it went for a side scrolling and people were like, well, that's not the way a Zelda game supposed to be. It's like they tried something different. And also, one Zelda game. No Jeez, de- dude, yeah. there was no determining factor. It could have. It could have. That's been why I hate that argument. Like, I can understand if you just don't like the game because it's it's not fun. But if you're but well, I don't like it because I don't like side scrolling Zelda. I'm like, well, that's a shitty thing to say, because based on how what they were doing. Like, yes, okay, they they used it and they're like, you know what? Let's do overhead when we do Super Nintendo. We think that works better. It does work better, but you can't fault them for trying. And Zelda 2 is not an awful game. It's not a great game, but it's not. It's it's not a top tier game, but it's not it doesn't deserve the hate that it gets, in my opinion. But all right, who wants to go next, Dan or shall I? You go. My number ten is somebody who has given the Belmonts quite a bit of problem, and that's Dracula. Good choice. Good choice. Dracula is in a ton of Castlevania games, so I'm just putting the general Dracula out there because depending on which game you're playing, it depends on what kind of fun the boss fight is. But I've never not enjoyed fighting Dracula. I mean, hell, they even put him in Smash Brothers. He's one of the final bosses. He's what? He's one of the final bosses in Smash Brothers. Oh, Jesus. Now I need to buy Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, because you can fight Giga Bowser and you can fight Ganon. But if you do certain people's storylines, for example, Luigi, the final boss you fight is Dracula. Instead of Master Hand, sometimes you fight a different boss. And in Luigi's arc, it's Dracula, which is mean, by the way, because Luigi sucks. <laughs> I mean, he he does have a vacuum, right? Yes. <laughs> but yes, I, lo- I love fighting Dracula. And what I love is the Castlevania iteration of Dracula, how he's he's a smooth talker. He's so cocky. He's so confident. And, but he's calculating because, you know, you can do the psychotic, the psychotic vampire thing and everything. But Dracula has always been scarier as a villain because he's always been more level headed. He's not a mind, a mindless vampire that just can't contain his urges. He uses mind control. He's a good villain in the general scheme of things. And if you're making a vampire game, who's the most famous vampire? Yeah. And he was even a badass before he was a vampire. Right. He knew he couldn't kill the vampire to become one. 
So he talked, what was it, Richter Belmont, or Belmont, to killing him, or killing a vampire so he could take the vampire's power, but without time. It was so fucking masterminded. Beautiful mastermind. <laughs> All right, Dan. All right, Dan. Mine number 10 is Arthas Menethil from Warcraft 3 because you start the game with him as a hero. And then he gets Frostmourne. What a twist. <laughs> and then he becomes an un- the leader of the undead army. <laughs> now, did you ever play the Warcraft games before World of Warcraft? I played Warcraft 3 before. Okay. I've... I've only played World of Warcraft for about one hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> when they made like the first twenty levels are free because I am not paying for such a game. I was especially every month to the Warcraft games through World of Warcraft because I didn't know what they were. Like I played StarCraft, and I I know Warcraft came first, but to me, the way I played it, it was StarCraft, and I thought Warcraft was like a fantasy version of that. And then World of Warcraft came out. And then that changed everything. Yeah. All right. So my number nine was very, very difficult to not put higher onto this list. But I it's, they hold a special place. And that is Gladys from Portal. This Be- was a triumph. <laughs> because Gladys... Like, I don't need to give a description of how awesome this character is. By far the funniest. Well, okay. By far one of the funniest villains or antagonists that I have on my list. You know what life was like before you came around? I just tested. Nobody murdered me or stuck me in a potato. I love GLaDOS so much. Yeah, that's a good choice. Love those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for my number nine, I went with not a final boss, but a level boss from a Zelda game, specifically Twilight Princess. One of the coolest boss battles ever is when you fight the giant Stalord in the desert temple. Eric, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I haven't but played for the pe- Twilight. <clears throat> oh, that's right. That You haven't played that one. Okay, so you go through a desert temple, which is basically designed to look like an Egyptian temple. It's got all the everything you would want out of like an Egyptian style Zelda dungeon, right? And then the boss you fight is this giant reanimated skeleton that I guess the best way to describe it, it looks like a minotaur. And at first it's stuck in the sand. So there's all kinds of demons coming out and you have to basically use your spinner gadget to take out its spinal cord. You literally destroy its spine and then the skull levitates and comes after you. And it's a super fast chase. You know, you know, the goat battle in Majora's Mask when you're rolling down the hill trying to take it out. Yeah, it's like that. 
you're at you're going at super fast speeds and you're wall jumping to avoid its blast and then you're just slamming it to the ground and then running up to it with your sword and just slashing the hell out of it. It's so much fun. It's a really cool boss fight. I also consider the giant dragon that you fight at the end of the air temple, which is the last major dungeon in the game. And because it's a giant dragon, you're fighting in the sky. But that boss fight, once you figure out what to do, is just a little too easy. For like a final boss. I also want to give a quick honorable mention to one other Zelda boss that doesn't make the list, and that's the Helmosaur King from Link to the Past, the first boss you fight in the Dark World, where it's just basically a giant scorpion monster, and you have to use your hammer to smash its fa <laughs> its face mask off. That was a that's really a fun boss. battle too. Yeah, really. But yeah, that the Stalord Lord from Twilight Princess is an amazing boss fight. I thought, you know, the first time I fought that scorpion boss. Like, and the, the helmet came off. I thought it was the coolest fucking thing. Because up until that point, like, what kind of bosses did that? Like, shed armor and, and stuff like that. It was great. No, because all the bosses up until then suck. You fight the art, you fight the knights, which are easy to take out as long as you've got the bow. You've got the, uh, the land molas in the, the desert temple, which are obnoxious because. They're just real. They don't actually attack you. They just fly around and there's three of them and they're hard to hit. And then you have the Moldorm in the that knocks you off the ledge and you have to restart the boss fight. I fell off when I did my stream. I fell off several times. So that's the first time you actually get to fight a pretty straightforward boss. That's actually really fun. Now, I haven't played Skyward Sword, but I've heard the uh, the Clocktos battle is incredible where you fight the giant Autonomatron or whatever, and he comes at you with six swords at once. I look forward to that. Dan, take it away. My number nine is Mahatma Gandhi in Civilization. Damn. Now, this is a glitch that they were like, that's hilarious. Let's keep it in the game. Let's make that a feature. Essentially, every civilization leader in the game has a certain set of hidden stats, and one of them is their aggression. And Gandhi's aggression was as low as possible, and there were things that in the game that would change their stats, uh, how they felt about you. And if you would lower his aggression, it would reset it to the maximum aggression. Oh, like it would cycle through? Like it would reset, yeah. go to the highest. It would Y2K, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he would go from a one to a 100 and he would become a murder, murderous rage monster and nuke the fuck out of you. That's hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> Just like, oh, my. that's awesome. Yeah. I got nothing on that one. That was I didn't even know that. That's fucking great. All right. Um number 8 from Metal Gear Solid Ocelot Revolver Ocelot. Shalashaska? Uh, he's just he's such a badass. I loved him in the first game. And then when he made his appearance in 2 I was like, this guy's going to live fucking forever. 
or not two. Sorry, he has liquid. Yes, liquid's arm in two. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like this is this is fucking insane. Like it was one of those things where I started playing Metal Gear Solid and I thought it was just a stealth game, and then they introduced like people who can magically control bullets i mean i mean later you find out that it's like magnetism or whatever but then they can anyway like what the fuck is happening oh you know, the <laughs> chick that has the the satellite always on her yeah so bullets don't hit her and that's just like they had the like it, it it was a vampire guy there was that chick there was ocelot which had liquid's arm who like tried to possess him at certain points and i'm just like what a fucking great game, but Ocelot, for whatever reason, was just more memorable to me than any of the other villains. See, that was nuts for me because I never got that far in the first game, but I beat the second game. <laughs> the first game was hard, and I think it's it's <laughs> it's not NES hard, it's PlayStation hard. Well, it was just like the techni- technical limitations at the time, right? Like They probably would have loved to give you first-person whatever you wanted but they couldn't yeah so but i i know i fucking loved it fucking loved it anyway ocelot who do you got chris can you be i mean i never had a playstation one so no i probably can't beat ocelot (laughs) (laughs) because i it would be my first time playing him so my number eight is one of the funniest villains that I've ever fought in a game. Uh, it has a great villain song that's hysterical. Okay, the, ent- okay, okay. the entire concept of the fight is hysterical. Dan already knows where I'm going with this, and that's the Great Mighty Pooh battle from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, that's such a good one. That is yeah. because it's just so outrageously ridiculous. Yeah. And he sings opera. Yep. You you fight him by throwing toilet paper down his gullet. You lure him out by feeding him corn. And then you finally destroy him by f- literally flushing him. And he does the, the Wizard of Oz thing. Oh, I'm flushing. What a world. Who would have thought a good little squirrel like you would defeat me? And he does the opera tune on the way down. The song is great. The whole thing is just hysterical. <clears throat> the Great Mighty Pooh. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, my number seven. Eight. Eight. Number eight. Eight. eight numbers. I got rid of the numbering on my list because <laughs> it was a pain <laughs> in the butt to, to redo every time I made a new list. You know, got to delete the old information, put in the new information. Anyway, my number eight is your rival slash Gary Oak Pokemon. Okay. Ass fart. <laughs> whatever, whatever dumbass name you gave him. Yeah. What generation did they switch it from your rival getting the Pokemon that is strong against yours to the one that's weak against yours? The one where they added two rivals, which I think maybe maybe black and white started that because your rival would always pick the strong one. But if you, there was a second rival, they always picked the third one. So they were all in conjunction. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I thought it was a better idea for your rival to always have the stronger version. That way, every time you beat him, it felt like an accomplishment, you know, like, well, I think, I think there, cause the, in sword and shield, the, 
the little kid gets the weaker version of whatever you picked. But then the his big brother takes the the stronger version, which means you you already know that he'll be the easier one to battle. Is the the little kid who's you're already kicking oh, the crap out of him when you fight him. You're talking about Hop and Leon, yeah. Yes, Hop. What are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Get rid of the sheep. We're like level seventy. You still fucking fighting with a sheep? You sure you are? You sure you want the grass type? I picked the fire type. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, so I like I like Gary Oak, or the whatever you want to call the rival. But I've always thought that. uh the gold and silver antagonist was a better antagonist because Gary's just Gary's on the same journey you're on. But the other kid is he's actually a scumbag. He robs the, the place and steals Pokemon. F that kid. But I do love I do love Gary Oak. Eh. Uh, that was a good choice. <laughs> that was a good choice. That's All a right. good choice. Number seven. Okay. He's actually a lot higher on this list. I'm going to move this because now that I really think about it, uh, my number seven is going to be Bowser. Okay. Because like every fucking Mario game, except for one. Every Mario game, except for one, he's the main bad guy. Yep. He's always going to be one of the top video game antagonists. Yeah. And he was one one of the the most famous ones. He was one of the first that that came to mind. So that is why he is number seven. Now I got him. And is he really a bad guy? Because they like to hang out and play tennis and board games and go go go-karting. King Bowser Koopa. Senior. Yes. (laughs) King of the Koopas. Um, so for my number seven, this is actually an entire team of antagonists. This is the Star Wolf team from Star Fox. They are your direct rivals. There are four of them. So anytime you fight them in Star Fox 64, they pair off and go after one of your fellow pilots. So you get to Slippy dies and then you just let Slippy die. Yeah, the uh, there's a lizard. I don't remember all the characters' names. There's a lizard and I think an orangutan. But the uh, the pig is Pigma Dengar. And I remember that because they use a lot of Star Wars terminology in Star Fox. And Dengar is one of them. And he used to be a member of the Star Fox team, but he turned on the team. And that's how James McCloud died. And Peppy was on the original team when it was a trio. So Pigma always goes after Peppy and tries to shoot him down. And because I like Peppy, I usually save him first. Then I would save Falco. Then I would take down Wolf. And then if there's time, uh, Slippy. Usually Slippy would be last, but yeah. But I like the Star Wolf team, and I like that uh, they, they've been in a ton of the Star Fox games, and that's just a, such an easy thing to do, right? Is like... Star Fox team works for the general to protect the system. These guys pretty much work for Andros to try and take over the system. Easy dynamic to work with. And there and I base that one on how much fun the boss battle is to do the dog fighting and actually 
take out the uh, take out the rival team. I haven't played a Star Fox game since Star Fox 64. So I well, neither have I, but I still know what I like. <laughs> okay. To be fair, I think there's only been one since then, so. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they did one on the GameCube that was really popular, and then I know they've done um, they've done some remakes and some other versions. Aren't they like all remakes? Well, they did the DS Star Fox 64 remake. Okay. There were like, Star Fox Assault. I said like Star Fox 64, isn't it like we can make the NES, the Super NES version better because we have actual 3D technology now. Yeah. It's oh, all essentially the same game. Over I'm going to throw this out there and I'll leave. I'll let people in the comments decide. Remember how I said I came up with an idea for a Smash Brothers style TV show? I actually started writing out in my head what the episodes would be about. I'm not like scripting it because I don't know enough about some of these franchises to do it, but I've actually figured out how I'd have the story, the storyline arc. It would be an anime style storyline. So instead of doing it by seasons, it's just one long arcing show that eventually reaches a conclusion. With different little arcs in between, obviously, with one overall story. If anybody would actually like to hear my idea, I can start telling you guys on the next episode. I'll actually start mapping out the direction I would go in. We'll see if there's any interest in that. If not, then whatever. I'll just do it for myself and then maybe I'll put it in my blog or something. But yeah, what's what do you got, Dan? My next one is Voss Montenegro from Far Cry 3. He's just an evil prick and like kills your friends and family in front of you. And he does the entire thing is like, you know what insanity is? And he's just a real mindfuck. Hmm. And then you kill him. Plus, he's played by a... Uh, what is the guy? Mano, I think his name is. He was um, Matt Gargan in the new Spider-Man movies, so it means he's going to be a Scorpion at some point, maybe? And he was in um, Breaking Bad. Real good. He was in Breaking Bad? Nice. <clears throat> huh. Well, who was he in Breaking Bad? <clears throat> Let's look up stuff. While you're doing that. Boss Montenegro. He is uh, by number six. Is that what we're on now? That's what I got. Okay. Number six is another favorite is Ganon. Holy shit, Ganon. <laughs> If it wasn't for Sephiroth, I'm, I would have expected Ganon to be your number one. <laughs> like, the thing is, I love the Zelda franchise, but God, man, come on. You need more villains. Like, there's only one bad dude in that universe. Really? Well, <laughs> like, I he's get got, it. But he, he has an army behind him, but... Well, he's also the King of Thieves. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but like, Jesus. Let somebody and he else is, have that portion of the Triforce. <laughs> Dude, he is Scar, because when he takes over, everything goes to hell. Yeah, he's he's the Scar of the Zelda universe. Good God, yeah, I love Ganon. My number six is also a sub boss, but a really, really fun sub boss fight from Super Mario RPG. 
you fight the Power Ranger ripoffs, the Axum Rangers. Eric knows what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and it's such a fun boss fight because you have to strategize to take on all five of them at once and they all have different abilities. So the first thing I recommend doing is take out the, the female, the pink one, because she has healing power. Yep. Get rid of her first. And then... I'm trying to remember the order I used to do. I think I always took out the green one second because he's the weakest one out of all of them. So it just helps to just focus your attention on him and get rid of him. So that way it's an even three on three battle. But then just to mess with you, when you actually do defeat them all, they all team up and you have to fight them one more time. I think that's the first time I actually used items in a an RPG game. You have to, because they wreck you. They really do. I'm just like, Jesus. Like, I can make it... I, I've done these challenges before where I, I'll pick a game, and I'll play through the whole game and not use... Hold on. Let me rephrase this. I won't use items in battle. Outside of battle, yeah, because you gotta fucking heal, right? Like, there's no way. But, in battle, I try to go either just use magic and, and do my attacks, but I try to complete that battle without using a single item. You, can, I don't think you could do that on that fight. No, I don't think you can either. And if you can, you're grinding for hours before that fucking fight. Also, then, there's another thing that's important, and if anybody's never played this game before, you fight a big dragon before you fight them, and there's no safe point before you have to fight them. Go back, save your game, and then go forward and fight them, or you will regret it. Yeah. But, but fighting that dragon gets easier every time you fucking do it. Not, yeah, not, not literally, but you just kind of memorize his pattern and you just kind of be like, and he's dead. And now on to that's the another one that's hard, too, because you fight the dragon and then he you knock him into the fire and he just comes back as a skeleton. You're like, well, this sucks. <laughs> All right. Dan. But Mario, when Mario RPG came out, I was still a Power Ranger guy, so. I geeked out for that boss fight. It was a good boss fight. Like, I, I just was annoyed by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. I was just annoyed by it. All right. So who was he in Breaking Bad? Okay. So technically, he was he's only in Better Call Saul, but he was mentioned in an episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, he is Ignacio Nacho Varga. Okay. Um, well, he is mentioned in an episode of Breaking Bad, but he is only physically on Better Call Saul. I just like I must have missed him. I thought he was like in the, uh, um, ah oh, shit. When they go and they meet the, the cartel, and I fucking missed it or something. I was just like, uh, okay, <laughs> maybe I. Michael Michael Michael, Ma- Michael Mondo Mando. So good. So anyway. who is a your six? Uh, mine is two people because who the bad guy is changes halfway through the game. And that would be Andrew Ryan slash Frank Fontaine in Bioshock. What a great series that is. Bioshock, God. if you guys have not played it, holy fuck. It's it's not what you think it is. Like, it's a first-person shooter that feels like horror that slowly twists to, like, a weird sci-fi steampunk that goes back to horror. <laughs> And then goes back to steampunk. It it 
it, it, it takes you on a fucking like roller coaster ride. I wish there was a way you could just play parts of two because it's just it's super it's super repetitive. The backtracking, yeah. Two is just it's bad with how repetitive it is because it's literally you go to a new level, you rescue a couple of sisters, you fight a guy, you're done. Like in one and three, it's way different. Two is, I guess, too linear in in its thing. Like, I wish you could just like get the idea of the game and then just move on to the end. Because <laughs> yeah. it's got a good story still, but like, sheesh, the gameplay after the first couple of times you do something, and then you realize you're just gonna do it like ten more times before you get to the end. It's not great. Yeah. All right, uh, number five from Super Mario RPG, it is Smithy, King Smithy. That is such a hard boss battle. Yes, and the reason I picked it... And it's it long. ...is that it was it's really hard, <clears throat> it's super memorable, and it's the only time Bowser is not the bad guy. No, Bowser and Princess Toadstool are fighting alongside you. Yes. They get to be in your party, even though Bowser is just like, I'm a true bad guy, but he's like a giant fucking softy in this game, which is hilarious, which makes well, he sense. He doesn't have a choice. Yeah, he doesn't really have a choice. He wants his he wants his uh his his uh castle back. Cause basically what happens is this giant sword comes out of the sky and lands right into Bowser's castle and he kicks Bowser out and takes control and like he you find him like I want to say halfway through the game but it's probably sooner than that maybe like one third of the way through the game you end up you find him you find him outside Booster's tower yeah it's been Booster which is the third big world that you get to. So, yeah, about one third then, I would say. About, yeah. And you get to, he's on your team and you're like, the fuck? <laughs> okay. And then, I mean, that the game is great, first off. You get so many memorable characters joining you. Um, and, you know, Gino, rest in peace. Probably never see you again even though he was an amazing character. He should have his own game. You know what? If if you can when you when you do Smash Brothers online, you can choose your avatar and all the fighters are avatars, right? You can have them or you can have your little me fighter or whatever. And then they have other characters from other games that you can pick like that aren't fighters like Charmander and stuff like that. And then there's Gino and I'm like, "You know what? If you can get the freaking avatar of him you can put him in the damn game so maybe he'll be the final download i i, I want them to do a, a like a re-release just get together and do another release re-release the game super mario rpg 2 or something i don't i, I swear to god if sora ends up being the final character i'm gonna be like there is a relationship there you're just screwing with us now <laughs> i will be convinced and you can't convince me otherwise so that is my number five. That's why he's on the top of the list. One of the greatest games. He's not like the most memorable bad guy, but like it was different. Like out of all the Mario games that I've played at this point, and I thought it was a great mix of 
RPG games, which I was a founder of, plus Mario, and it's not even Bowser's the bad guy. Like, Bowser's actually on your team. He like On my top yeah. video game list. Yeah, it's fucking... I made my top 20 video game list. I just don't know how I want to present it. I really want to make it as a YouTube video, because it would be fun to actually put it together. But I, I might actually need to pay somebody to do the editing for me, because I just can't do it. I don't have good enough software to do it, and... But I'll eventually at some point. All right. My number five getting into top five territory is I pulled this villain out of the Kirby series. Kirby's had a lot of great villains, but my favorite one by far was always Meta Knight. Now you fight Meta Knight in the NES game, but where I really like the battle is Kirby Superstar, which is one of my all time favorite video games, period. Also on the list. You have the Revenge of Meta Knight subplot, which is all about Meta Knight's ship. Kirby's going after the ship, and Meta Knight literally fires him away from it into the uh, the Great Unknown, and Kirby has to fight his way back and take him down. And he's a cool character. He's a fun villain to fight. And then they put him in Smash Brothers, and he's just friggin' awesome. Does he, like, Again, always break him the fourth wall? Meta Knight? Because he's fucking meta. No, they didn't give him that name for that reason. But yeah, it's a it's a it's just a fun character. And that's the other thing. Kirby has some pretty cool characters in it, but that franchise only has three representatives in Smash. Fire Emblem has like 12. So I'm just saying. A little more Kirby love people. Yeah, and no one plays that game. So why the fuck you got 12? I actually watched a video online where the guy ranked every character based on notoriety and Roy was literally the very last character on the list. He's like, he's only been in one Fire Emblem game and it pretty much was the weakest out of all of them. So who the hell is Roy? In all fairness, like, oh. Fire Emblem game is really known for like killing off people and then not returning. <clears throat> like if you if one of your main characters dies, well, that's it. Like, you, you, you lost the main character. Congratulations. Have fun with the rest of the game. Yep. All right, Dan. My number five is Gladys. Of course. What can be... Do it for the people who are still alive, man. What can be said about Gladys? we haven't already said? Right. Um, I mean, Gladys is Gladys. Doesn't need any more explanation than that. I mean, this is the part where she kills us. <laughs> I just like how the whole time she like convinces you, oh, why don't you just jump to your doom? <laughs> Do it because it's worth like five achievement points, bro. Yeah, it's Wheatley that tells you to do that. Is it? Yep. Oh, That's well, from Portal 2. My mistake. But now GLaDOS is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and she sings to you. Who's in the mood for cake? <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. You know, even without the talk of Portal, I, I've actually had a hankering for some cake lately, so I might actually just go to the grocery store and pick up some cake. Just have cake. I'm more of a pie guy, but I can, I'm always down for cake. 
I'm a dessert guy, so just give You're me an adult. You can just get a cake. Yeah, that, that's true. We could just <laughs> just go and buy a cake. No fucking reason. Is it somebody's birthday? No. <laughs> Fat. Leave me alone. Give me my fucking cake. Right. right. Number four. Final Fantasy VI. Kefka. Good choice. He's just completely psychotic. If there was a Joker in the Final Fantasy universe, it is this motherfucker. That's and the big final boss from that game, right? Yes. Like, he just doesn't care. He doesn't care, and he's a clown. And, and he's a clown. And he's a clown. And he has more presence, I guess that's the right word, than Sephiroth does in his own game. But he's just, like, completely psychotic. And sleep clown will eat me. And that is why he's on my list. So I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I had considered an honorable mention of the Joker from the Arkham games because of how much fun it is to deal with him. But I decided not to. I'm trying to focus on characters that were more exclusive to video games. Because, like, I also considered the the fun the fun final mission in Goldeneye where you fight Alec and just the, the fun of chasing him down and everything. But I'm like, nah, I want to focus on video game villains. With that in mind, my number four is Ganondorf, the King of Thieves. And he's just on the list because he's so iconic from a series that I absolutely love. And you always have fun fighting him with different iterations of him. But one of my favorite Ganon fights was the Twilight Princess one, because you fight him in four stages. First, you fight the evil puppet Zelda. Once you defeat her and Zelda's back to normal, you fight the actual beast Ganon. Once you beat him, you do the actual horseback chase where you have to chase down Ganondorf. And then when you finally beat him there, you do a one on one sword battle. It's just so much fun. I also love fighting the final Ganon in Link to the Past. If you don't get those silver arrows, you don't beat Ganondorf. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was a bitch to get those fucking silver arrows. Yep. So, yeah, there you have it. Damn. My next one is Dutch Vanderlind from Red Dead Redemption. I need to finish off that series. I in the first game, it's who you're going for the entire time, but in the second game, you learn all about it as he slowly unravels. I remember my disappointment in the first game. I always thought it was the Bill Williamson dude was going to be the big bad guy. And then the final fight with him is really short and really lame. And then it's like, oh, no, it's this guy. OK, well, because you're going through and getting your old game to create right. your game with the gov with the government. With the government. Yep. Good. But yeah, by the time you get to Dutch, he's just an old fool. And isn't much to fight him. But in Red Dead Redemption 2, holy crap, 
You just see him slowly unravel. You know what you I like stay about in mind. this list? It's been really fucking diverse. I think Gladys is the only one that's been on like that we've mentioned more than once. I mean, that's fucking She's... great. Well, Ganon. Yeah. There will I... be another crossover later. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Something we already heard. Okay. Well, um... Top three. Top three. My number three is going to surprise you, Chris, because you, you think it was probably number one. It Sephiroth? Is not. It is Sephiroth. Um, I love. Final I just Fantasy. knew he was going to be on your list. Yeah, he like he had to be. But like, who who would I put be- above Sephiroth? Really, if you think about it, Sephiroth is such an iconic villain. Period. But I have to say, he's probably the most iconic Final Fantasy villain. Oh yeah. Well, there's no question about that. Yeah, he's de- he's definitely the most iconic Final Fantasy villain. And and it, I think it's because he's one of the few Final Fantasy villains that's still humanoid, and the first one in 3D. So like, yeah. Plus nobody nobody forgave him for what he did. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> like he's such, and he's just delusional. I think is like his biggest thing. Like he was a good guy. He was a soldier. For but then he found out what it took to make them soldiers. Yeah. And I think that like it drove him to madness. Uh and then he's just like he he's kind of right. Like I he's one of those Yeah, it was like the um I can't condone anything you did, but I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize like like the uh, freaking Shinra and like it, what a great game first off. And I could have mentioned anybody from Shinra. But, like, Sephiroth takes the cake on that one. He's the big baddie. And that is why he is number three on my list. Okay. Uh, Number three on my list is another classic villain, Bowser. Now, Bowser. All right. And again, it's just it just goes back to what we were talking about. He's he's an iconic villain, period. But. Every boss fight you take on Bowser with is different. In Mario 3, you can you have to get him to go through the floor. Mario 64, you're actually swinging him at the bombs. Mario Sunshine is the hot tub battle. Mario Galaxy is a different battle entirely. Like it's all even Mario Odyssey is a different battle. It's always different with Bowser. Yeah. No two battles are ever the same. Mario World, he's got the, the little Koopa car, the clown car. He does try very hard, and he will try different... At least we know he's not insane, trying the same shit over and over and over again. Well, he's doing the same thing, but at least he's doing it in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> he wants... He's still kidnapping the same princess. He wants at least he's still creative. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's resourceful and creative. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's on his resume, if you, if you look. <laughs> resourceful, creative... And all he wants is the princess. He doesn't really care about a salary. And he understands how to use Excel. <laughs> all right, Dan. Well, you can shove your King Bowser Koopa seniors and give me Wario. Wario is good. But is he 
really bad. Uh, yeah. Wario literally means bad Mario. In Japanese. He, he is the villain of Super Mario Land 2. Mario Land 2. Mario Land 1 is some weird mouse guy. <laughs> First Mario Land is Tatanga, the alien, yeah, who's then a sub-villain in Mario yeah. 2. Which and, and the Land whole too. first Mario Land game is out of proportion. It's it's frustrating playing that game. Mario Land Two is fun. But Mario Land Two is maybe my favorite Mario game. Six golden coins. You got to take on Wario, and then plus Wario is just up for some chicanery and some and a good time after that, right? Like he does. He has his mini game games and. He goes hangs out in the woods, and then he goes and he plays golf and tennis and board games. He even has his own spinoff series, WarioWare. Yeah, that's the mini games. Yeah. You know, my favorite Wario game is actually the um, the one for the Virtual Boy. You guys, ever played that? You know, that's the thing, right? Is it's actually a fun game, but <laughs> it's. You can't see red afterwards. Well, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, but it sucks. <laughs> Why didn't they not put in green and blue? I mean, they had the well. perfect opportunity to just use two different screens to pull the 3D effect. They didn't need to do the whole red thing. I mean, like, kudos, it works. But at what cost? <laughs> Your vision. Yeah. Children's vision in the mid-90s. <laughs> Headaches and seizures. So bad. It was worth it. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> number two, it was really hard. Like, if it wasn't for my number one, this is like right there. I want to say that they're actually tied. But I, the reason I chose my number one, you'll find out why when I get to it. My number two is Ridley from Metroid. Because without Ridley mm. from Metroid, there is no Super Metroid. There is no Metroidvania. It literally is the one villain who spawned the entire genre. Which is one of my favorite genres. So thank you for painting the way. Yeah. Metroidvania. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. The fight is like, first off. The the I, I I hate to call it this, but the tutorial area, right? When you make it to the space station and you're like going through and then you see the Metroid and then he just slowly fades in with his eyes and you're like, oh shit. And you're like fighting him there. And I, the, the the first thing that comes to mind is wow, first off, no bad guys setting up for a boss right away. I didn't realize what was going to happen. I tried my fucking hardest to not get hit there. And I was like, there is nothing that I can do. I'm going to get hit. You're fighting him like a madman. He finally escapes. You make it off the ship as it's exploding. You finally make it to, I can't remember the name of the fucking planet, but you make it to the next planet. And you realize he's one of the bosses. One of the last bosses. And he's not even the big bat. But he's, to me, more memorable than Mother Brain is. They also, uh... They also finally added him to Smash after tons of fan requests. The big complaint was that Ridley's too big to be in Smash, so... 
but he's there. You can still have him. I mean, Bowser's size is a little different compared to Mario. To put him in Smash, but you needed Ridley. Yeah. Fucking perfect. That's why he is my number two. So my number two is a villain in the game, but you never actually fight the villain. You outsmart the villain. And this is from one of my all time favorite video games, something I grew up with and still love to this day. Carmen Sandiego. Okay. Because you spend that entire game multiple times tracking down her henchmen. And then when you finally get to the last mission and you realize you're actually going after Carmen, you beat the game and it's the coolest feeling ever. And you're just like, I, that was car. I, I remember, I remember I was actually like shocked by that. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm actually fighting Carmen. And then it's, it was, it turns out to be the last mission. But the Carmen San Diego video game spawned an entire genre of educational games, and then she became a pop culture icon and got there was a TV show, a game show, and even a Netflix series. All from this one character that was created as an educational game system. Yep. All hail Carmen San Diego. Because they realized American kids were super dumb when it came to geography. Yep. So, that's how I learned all my geography. And that's why I don't know any of them. Because <laughs> now all I know is geography from the fall of communism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could point out Germany, China, and Australia. Uh, the rest of it is kind of like, you know, whatever. Yo, check it out, Yugoslavia. Yeah, I got some news about Yugoslavia. <laughs> <laughs> they had to they do disclaimers on the TV show because things were changing so often. They were just, they had to tell. So uh, this... The maps were current as of when we recorded. So. As of when we recorded, yep. <laughs> That's Because now, if I look at a map of Africa, I can't identify all the nations. I mean, freaking, the latest thing I realize is that Sudan split into two countries. So, yeah, it just, it just keeps changing. Jesus. Yeah! All right. Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan... All those countries that came out of the former Soviet Union. Indeed. All right. My number two is Handsome Jack from Borderlands 2. I had a feeling Handsome Jack was going to be on your list because you are. I remember you were big, big mark for Borderlands. I love Borderlands. Um, He's a guy. He thinks he's the hero. He calls himself the hero the entire time. And he calls you and your band of friends just more bandits that he has to kill. Let me let me combine my number one with your number two because Handsome Jack is my number one. <laughs> like, Handsome Jack is fucking fantastic. First off, the writers for Handsome Jack and the voice actor, like, wow, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, perfect. He's hilarious. Maybe, uh, what, Anthony Birch, Ashley Birch's brother, I think, was the main writer for Borderlands 2. Yeah. I think his name is Anthony. Um, so good. He's just delirious. Basically, he was like an old, ugly programmer, and he got a mask on his face to make him look good. And he moved up. And he lost his mind. 
And the best part is he opens a vault. There's a monster inside it. He has control of it. You fight the monster. And then it's time to fight Handsome Jack. And you just hit him once and he goes down because he's a guy. (laughs) He's just a guy. He's just a dude. He's no vault creature or anything like that. Similarly with Fable 2. You end it with just one hit because he's just a dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good game. So. Great villain. I, I think what makes it like possible is that he talks to you throughout the entire fucking game. Yeah. Right? He's constantly on your video phone or whatever, something like that, yeah. Yeah. He starts off with just like, ah, eh, you're no big deal, whatever. He'll just you're just kind of your shit. <laughs> and then halfway through he's like, Come on, you're doing the, the wrong thing now. You should like join our thing or or die. You know, one of those those one of those options. And and then like near the end, he like really starts. He even does the classic pit thing. Why don't you just jo- dive off this pit? Yeah. <laughs> and you do and you get an achievement <laughs> or a trophy, and it's great. <laughs> Those games are so much fun. Played those together quite a bit. Yeah. So that uh, uh, that was my number one. That was his number two. So I guess it's going right to you, man. <laughs> so to the absolute shock of nobody, at number one on my list is the combined boss fights from Portal and Portal 2, GLaDOS and Wheatley, for the exact same reason, they're the most fun boss fights I've ever played in my entire life. The GLaDOS fight is brilliant, and then Wheatley amps everything up with GLaDOS as your ally. So the GLaDOS fight is use portals to make her redirect her lasers to hit her herself, and then you take her parts and throw it in the incinerator. And then Wheatley is use portals to redirect his bombs to hit him. And then throw cores on him to corrupt him until you end up in space. Until you literally put a portal on the moon. Which they said was going to happen. Which is set up early in the game when you realize that moon dust, moon rock dust, is the best conductor for a portal. (laughs) We're in space. space! 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 Yeah, I know, mate. We're all in space. And then when he's no longer corrupted, he's super apologetic. (laughs) It's also two of the funniest bosses in video game history. Like they're and that's the other thing about those games. They're the perfect balance of comedy, action, puzzle solving. And the puzzles are challenging enough that they're you feel you're you've achieved something by completing the puzzle and figuring it out. So you feel smart, but it's not so overly complicated that anybody can't. It's it's not an actual achievement like anybody can actually do it if you just slow down and think about it. It's that perfect balance. Portal to me is the perfect puzzle game. Oh, it's fantastic. I agree. They need to make another one. Well, we haven't gotten Half-Life 3, so I don't not holding hope out on Portal 3. Oh, yeah, Half-Life. Gabe don't do trilogies. No. J.K. Simmons is Cave Johnson. Yep. So good. You know, I, I'd is. love to see this collab, but I would love to see a Borderlands Portal 
collaboration. Just have the portal oh gun my in Borderlands. God. Handsome Jack and Gladys. Oh my god. Berating you together. Gladys, like the portal gun and then like the gravity gun in any other game. Yeah. Just have it in any double other. fist that shit. You get the portal gun in one hand and the gravity gun in the other. <laughs> I, I feel like they need more puzzle like games like that. They just need to make another fucking portal game. They like, do. They just, yeah. They freaking do. Too many Call of Duties, not enough portal games. Indeed. And although it's all puzzles, so they have to come up with a hell of puzzles to release a new game. And they use actual comedy writers, which is why it's so funny. Yeah. When life gives you lemons, you don't make lemonade. You make life pay. <laughs> And I'm gonna blow up your house with lemons. Can can you talk? You says hit A to talk, and you jump. Okay, that's jumping. What you're actually doing there is jumping. Yeah. Cor, uh, are you ready for a replacement? What do you think? Interpreting vague response as yes. <laughs> All right, Dan. My number one is. Dracula from Castlevania. Yeah, it is. Oh, there we go. Okay. So it, it literally made it down to the end before we started, like, coming up with the same exact people over and over again. Ansem, Jack, GLaDOS, Bowser, Ganon. Dracula? Yeah. That's, yeah. All memorable, all great people. Maybe I should have kept Ridley as my number one. <laughs> nah, I, I think Handsome Jack's a better villain than Ridley. Yeah. Uh, but Ridley did spin off an entire fucking genre for me. Like, that true. was just great. That was a hell of a list, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Brian, for the challenge. Uh, if you guys got a challenge for us, usher that in and we'll take it. Let's do a entertainment challenge. We got seven, uh, six entries only, but that's okay. I asked you guys to pitch us a sequel that absolutely nobody wants. I got one. It's called Boondock Saints All Saints Day. <laughs> These are, uh, this could have been a video game, a movie, whatever you guys wanted to do. So. Here are the sequels nobody asked for. And I'm going to update the points in real time and then tell you guys who's in who's in the lead. So the first entry is from our friend of the show, Jeff Trelowitz, published author and podcast host. Dogma 2. Bethany is still a bitch. I'd watch it. <laughs> nah, I've had enough I mean, of Bethany. We do have... There is sequel bait in there because he does get her pregnant and says that now this is the last Zion. So. Yeah, nothing fools you. <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer the last Zion. This is. Uh, point. It's funny. Oh, yeah, that's point. I don't I don't think we should. She should be in it at all because I think it should be the kid. And they could be like, well, my mom died. <laughs> yeah it's a point for me good entry okay next comes from 
podcast host and friend and Harley and Harley Quinn Smith could play it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is from Jay Winger. Now, Eric is not going to understand this reference, but you and I will, Dan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Total Divas. Oops, all Eva. <laughs> aren't they like are all those shows winding down right now like they're going to be ending I think they might have already ended yeah I have no idea I don't follow them anymore I haven't even watched any new episodes of of uh, Ms. and Mrs. which was the best one that they ever did that one was actually a good show so Eric to understand the comedy role here WWE did a Total Divas reality show, and one of the things that they did was they actually hired two brand new girls to be on the reality show, with the dynamic being, these are rookie girls new to the company, let's see how they interact with the veterans. One of them was a girl named Eva Marie, who became one of the worst people to ever come through pro wrestling. She's back, by the way. She is, but she's actually got a a real role this time. She, it, I mean, she was terrible at literally everything. Not only did she not pick up on any of the moves, but she was also really boring. Her biggest claim to fame was that when they asked her to dye her hair blonde, she dyed it red instead as an act of defiance. And they're like, well, fortunately for you, this works, but don't defy us again. And then she defied them multiple times after that. Because she looked too similar to the Bella Twins. When she was a brunette. So <laughs> that's an easy point for me and Dan. I can tell you that because that I, popped Dan too. I'm sorry, but I can't award a point because I didn't get it. That's fine. <laughs> it's not, you're not always going to understand the references, but I, know. I knew Dan and I would get that. <laughs> All right. From friend of the show, Brian Leon, Fast and Furious 10, the musical. Don't even get me started. That's a point for me already, but like, Jesus Christ, they need to stop. Would you like to hear something funny about this? Vin Diesel wants to do a musical version of Fast and the Furious. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. So Fast Fast and the Furious 10 may actually be a musical. Yo, only if they bring Ludacris back. Well, I'd be down with that. <laughs> All right, that's a point for me. I've only seen two of those movies still. That's one more than I've seen. I've seen one, two, Tokyo Drift, and uh, what's it, Hobbs and Shaw or whatever? The spinoff? Yeah. That was actually pretty good. I liked it. Well, I'll give it a point. Anybody else? Yeah. I think it's a point. Point. Okay. Okay. This one comes from our friend Hannah. Sharknado 8. We don't know how this keeps happening. Has there been seven before? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Jesus Christ, really? Okay, that's, first off, that's fucking a hilarious title. Hilarious title. So, point for me. But there's been man. six, and the last one was called The Last Sharknado. Thank God. 
Which means that there's somewhere between this, there was a seventh one that we didn't ask for. <laughs> oh, that makes it fun. Is that like Leonard Part 7? It's only There's only one movie. It's just called Part 7 because that's the point of the movie. Is that he's the seventh of a thing. Or naked, it's the seventh movie of a series. Or Naked Gun 33 and a third. But what happened to the other films? Yeah, that's a point for me. Yeah. Freaking Sharknados. Excellent. That was a funny idea the first time, and then it just became... I just don't know. Like, you know, there's there, there's folks like us who actually want to make good movies and stuff like that and don't have a budget. And then there's Sharknado. But I use that as an inspiration because I've seen that meme where it says, just remember the next time you're feeling down on your own ideas, some guy in a boardroom pitched, let's make a movie about a tornado filled with sharks. <laughs> so just saying, don't be down on your ideas. Yeah, for real. <clears throat> OK, this one comes from an older friend of the show, Mike Simsek. Fast and the Furious out of their retirement home. Instead of cars, they use power chairs and scooters. Oh, man. I think this is unfortunate because we already had a Fast and Furious movie, so I, I don't think I can give a point for this one just because there was already an entry with it. But I don't we know only got six entries, and we got two of them based on Fast and the Furious. So I just don't, I don't, I don't like the entry. Me either. Although I well, think that, it'd be hilarious. That was easy. I'd love to see, like ECV. Well, we certainly it. wouldn't want. We certainly wouldn't ask for it. But yeah, that's true. Uh, the last I entry. I live my life a quarter meter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fast and the Furious ECV inside Disneyland or Disney World. <laughs> I knew that would strike some anger. Sure does. Strikes memories is what that does. Uh, the final entry comes from friend of the show and podcast host Matt Hardman. Pearl Harbor 2. Let's blow more shit up. Wow. Okay, point. Because it's terrible. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, dude, what first, the hell? First of all, no, there will not be another Pearl Harbor. <clears throat> Japan strikes back. And it's just Gorilla Monsoon yelling about it the whole time. Pearl Harbor jobs. Yeah, it's a point for me. All right, so what is your winners? Who get your bonuses? Hmm. Pearl Harbor one was pretty fucked up. I'm going to have to go with that one. All right. Bonus point to Matt Hardman for Pearl Harbor. Dan. Jeez. I don't, I don't know. Bethany's a bitch. Oops. All Eva. Fast and Furious. The musical Sharknado 8. Pearl Harbor 2. Probably Fast and Furious. The musical. Fast and Furious. The musical gets Dan's bonus point. Mine goes to Oops All Eva. Because I appreciate the Oops All Berries reference. I've updated the points in real time. 
In fifth place is Hannah with 39 points. In fourth place is Jay with 41 points. Third place is Jeff with 44 points. Second place is Matt with 48 points. And first place is Brian with 49 points. Oh, wow. So fucking close. There's only a 10 point difference between Brian and Hannah. Uh, Randy is in sixth place with 33 points. And then after that, it completely falls off. Because not everybody else has played every week. So our consistent players are the reason why they're they're up there. Remember, consistency is key. You don't always have to win or get the point. Get the bonus point. I mean, we gave, we each gave a bonus point to something different this time. So yeah. So I want to talk about something that I have been watching lately, and I think it would be fun to to reminisce on. Do you guys remember Kablam? Yes, but I don't remember for it. Like it's it's really weird. I never really I never watched it. I okay. know of it, never, and I remember watching it at some point, uh, and then I, but I just don't remember it. It seems to be a lot of people's consensus, but Kablam was a sketch animation show. Yeah, that that aired in the uh, the primetime Nicktoon slot, which Hey Arnold paved the way for. By the way, I went from ninety six to two thousand, so I was. Yeah, Too old for that shit. Not I. I was still cartoon kid. I was always a cartoon kid, though. So Kablam's premise was that it was a comic book hosted by Henry and June, which were the two main, the two main hosts, the two kids that were hosting it. They were computer animated, and the whole idea was that you were reading a giant comic book with all these different stories in it, and they were your hosts. They turned the page for you. Was the premise, and then. They had different cartoons that they would air that were all different forms of animation. Your standard cell animation, claymation, and a brand new form of animation they invented for the show called Chuckamation, which was for the famous Action League Now that came out of that show, which were the the action figures, superheroes. And by Chuckamation, they would literally just throw the action figure in front of the camera to make it look like it was moving. That's exactly how they did it. They had occasional stop anim- stop motion animation in there, but for the most part, it was just action figures doing stuff, and it was brilliant. And the team was The Flesh, Super Strong, and Super Naked, which was just a naked He-Man-style figure. Thunder Girl, she flies like thunder, which was basically a Barbie head on... A, like It was like a doll head on a regular action figure body, so the proportions were off. Stinky Diver, which was just it was just the uh, the Aquaman style gimmick. And he had the Australian accent and then he would travel through the sewers. So it was it was just tons of scenes of them flushing this figure down the toilet. And then Meltman, which was a G.I. Joe figure that they melted. The power to melt. Yes. I remember even one time they were Henry and June were like, what what are Meltman's powers even? They're like, well, duh, he can withstand incredible temperatures. Obviously. And then the bad guy was the mayor, which was just a generic action figure dude in a suit. And they had the angry, the angry black chief that was always mad and always ordering them around. And but the house. Yeah. But the house that they shot everything in was basically like a giant world. So like the sink was a lake. 
was like a lake community. Like everything had had a theme to it, and it was it was really really funny. But my personal favorite show that came out of that was called Prometheus and Bob. Yes, it was claymation, and it was an alien that had landed on Earth during the caveman days. And it was him trying to educate this random caveman that he found and all of his incredible failures to do it. I just try to teach him fire and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it would be everything from clothing to bowling to whatever they came up with. And there was no dialogue. It was just the alien made sound effects and the caveman grunted. And there was also a monkey who ruined all the plans, too. The show was really clever and... I, I I guess the sketch thing eventually kind of wore out because they would start doing other sketch characters and a lot of them really weren't as good. Like their quirk stuff was funny, but then Action League now became a victim of its own circumstance. They gave it its own show. And that's when you realize that a half hour of that. Wasn't you realize, as funny. Oh, five minutes is good, but 20 minutes is not <laughs> like when they made the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hate this. It's oh, long. I enjoyed the movie, but when they made the show a full half hour of one episode. Yeah, you can't do uh, it. I was like, no, you were better with two half episodes. Yeah. Same thing with uh, with Beavis and Butthead. You could you can't do Beavis and Butthead as a whole half hour. You needed the six minute shorts interspersed with the music videos to, to make the show entertaining. But yeah, that was a. Uh, uh, that was always just a it was always just a fun show to watch and I've been rewatching it. And it's fun to kind of relive some of the some of the old stuff that you grew up with when you were a kid. Like I, I love going back and rewatching old Animaniacs and Tiny Toons and the X-Men cartoon and Batman the animated series. But Kablam was one of those shows it's it's very under the radar cuz people don't have the the same memories of it they do at other shows. Everybody re- can talk about Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy and Spongebob, but Kablam was kind of one of those ones that just kind of fell out. I'm really, really glad that I got the chance to rewatch it again, because some of the stuff is still funny. And because it's a sketch comedy show, nothing lasts too long, right? So if you're not into one of the sketches that they're doing, it's going to be over in a couple minutes anyway. So it really doesn't make a difference. If y'all can get a chance to watch it, I I recommend it. Uh, Eric, you watching anything? Um, yes, Prithian Bob was fantastic. Right now, I am not really watching anything other than you know Loki, which I'm behind at, um, and that is about it. I'm I'm looking at like trying a new anime because I I've, I feel like I've been going back and just rewatching stuff. Like I just rewatched uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And I'm kind of tired of going back and rewatching stuff that I've already watched. Now, I, 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 I love it. I think it's great to go back and rewatch some stuff, but I'm in the mood for something new and I just haven't found it yet. I've got so much newer stuff to watch that I never go back anymore. Well, that's just I remember. I remember Dan binge watched the entire series of Coach because it was going to they're going to take it off of Netflix. Yep. And you were like, I've got to watch this. So you just dove in had, at first. I had seven days to watch like nine seasons and I did it with like a data spare. 
<laughs> Jeez. Wow. That's that's nuts. I, I, I'm just have it on in the background while you're doing other stuff, you know? I mean, it's I not guess. a, I mean, my lifestyle is made for binging <laughs> TV shows, but. Well, if I move back into the uh, hotel field, like I'm looking at, I will be doing a lot of binging because I'll be doing overnights. So that's the perfect. Yeah, I'm only binging, though. Other than the stuff we're doing for shows, like now I'm slowing down Dragon Ball so it's content for the show. So, like, I just got Loki once a week and the um, Bad Batch once a week. So I'm probably going to look for something else to watch real quick uh, as a filler. So I I genuinely enjoyed uh, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. I watched all three seasons of it, and I did that in really short order, too. It's a Netflix show. It's only got the three seasons. Uh, There might be another one. I'm not sure. They have the possibility open for another one, but they also could end it where they ended it. It was it was actually pretty fun to watch. Like, that's the thing. It, it, It reminded me a lot of watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, it's made for kids, so you have to get over some of the some of the campy dialogue that's clearly designed to appeal to kids and some of the weird storylines that they go with that you're just like, oh, they're really doing this. Well, yeah, they're supposed to be kids, so I guess that makes more sense. But the actual substance of it is pretty good, and it it ties in the first two Jurassic World movies very nicely because it goes from one to the other. The characters are actually pretty interesting and kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender, there's good character development for a kid show, which isn't always something that you can say. When's the last time you watched a show clearly geared for kids that had real character development on it? Um, there's I mean, two, two Power Rangers shows. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that I, can go I, I can go to. It's RPM and SPD, baby. The two best Power Ranger shows. Oh, I and was going to character go development. The opposite direction and and mention something that doesn't have character development. The development like uh, Teen Titans Go. <laughs> There's no character development on that. No, but the original Teen Titans. Holy shit! Original Teen Titans. Oh man, good. original Teen Titans, so good. The original animated Teen Titans is freaking great. Yeah, it is so good, especially when they get to the season where. Robin becomes the ex or whatever he freaking was called, and he's trying to trick Slade. Oh, so good. And there's a part um, where they run into the other, the other like teenage superheroes, including Will Quill Quiten as Aqualad. The show is fucking fantastic, and I'm so disappointed that they canceled it and they, they brought whatever this shit is. And it's not even the art style. And Teen Titans Go is what got the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a post-credit scene with the original Teen Titans in it. Say that they're coming back. And they haven't come back yet. Now they might be working on that. They need we to. need more adult animation in our like lives. Teen Titans. <laughs> you like that Harley Titans? Quinn cartoon was so brilliant. <laughs> Like, I, I freaking loved the Harley Quinn cartoon. It was well, so brilliantly done. season now, and apparently Batman does not do cunnilingus. Uh, yeah, well, I have a feeling they're going to, that might actually be a thing that they're going to work with. Well, with, with, with the week-long... 
<laughs> thing it became, yeah, maybe they're going to do something. Oh, they're deaf. You know they're going to. They're going to do something. Yeah. Jesus. Outside of that, um, a lot of games came out. I'm super excited for a lot, like 117 Nintendo Switch games. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Did that, like... Got enough room for this? No, no, I don't. No, they purposely like how much? How much space is on a Switch? I'm already pretty much out of space, and I've got an SD card too. So yeah, the thing about like, as far as for me, right? If it's a console, I want physical copies. I don't really care too much about downloading it. Now, if it's a download only game, that's one thing. But if there's a physical release, I want the physical release because I want to be able to collect things. Like I. I'm devastated that as a kid, I did not think these are going to be valuable one day and I need to collect these. And I, I, I should have started then. Right. You had that one track and field game that was worth $5,000. No, but I mean, I had a brand new version of super Metroid, right? Even if I didn't have the box, that game is ridiculously hard to get now. So it was like super Mario RPG. Mm-hmm. And like all these games that I had, I had Chrono Trigger, Chrono Earthbound. Trigger. I didn't have those Earthbound. go for so much money. But yeah, they're they're super expensive. Especially if you have Earthbound in the big box, that's like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, even even retail, it's over a thousand dollars. And twelve hundred dollars, I've seen it. Even yep. the original, not the greatest hits, but the original Final Fantasy VII game is expensive as shit. So it's not just cartridges, but like everything is increasing in uh, in value. And I, I, in my personal opinion, I think the Nintendo games are going to be worth more than Final Fantasy games or anything like that because Nintendo, that brand, you know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. it, it's it that's it's just one of those things. So right now, if it's a Switch game, I want the physical copy. I don't want uh, a digital copy. If it's one thing where it's a physical copy with like digital expansion pass or whatever, that that that's whatever. I'll do that. That's how I got a uh, Fighter Z because I got the digital copy that came with all the da- the DLC. Yeah, Dude, there's hella DLC for that game. I yeah, noticed the other day because there was like a sale on PSN or something like that, and there's like a um, hundred bonus fighters, but it's like. You're saying Goku as a baby, but like from the one episode where he's wearing a different <laughs> outfit. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. It is a little ridiculous, yeah. My uh my big thing though was when Animal Crossing came out, I got that digitally because I wanted to make sure I always had it in my Switch. Cause that's one of those games that's specifically made for a console like the Switch. I agree. You can take it anywhere. I'm just thinking more of along the lines of like as a collector than I am as a gamer at this point. No, I, I get it. That's actually that's actually one thing that kind of sucks about playing games on Steam. It's <laughs> there's no physical copies. That's true. Dude, my my PC that's a year old now. It has no disk drive. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a disk drive here. Like, if <laughs> yeah, I neither ever, do I. Yeah, I'm kind of screwed. <laughs> If I, I have all these great games on disc on disc and I'm just like, yeah, I can never play them again, can I? You know, I wish there was some way of like, like putting in the CD key or something like that. And I can get the download. Oh, that'd be great. The, the last game that I bought, 
because it's it's easily trackable. It's a code that's on the disk thing, and you can know if it's been activated or not, and then it can never be activated again. Give me my fucking 15-year-old PC game <laughs> as a download. Yeah. I do miss those games, man. The last game you know I swap for. Was, uh, out I played Half-Life on Windows 95. Me too. <laughs> the original Guild Wars. That's the last game that I purchased. Think about this. Think about this. You played the original Half-Life on Windows 95. If Half-Life 3 came out, you would be playing it on a PS5. This is where we've come from. We went from the Super Nintendo era all the way to PS5 era without a Half-Life 3. I'm disappointed Which in you, Valve. I'm disappointed. Bullshit. And it's some I mean, we had a third game called Half-Life. That doesn't count. <laughs> There's technically six games called Half-Life, I think. Um, but none of them are called Half-Life 3. <laughs> and that's some BS. It's some BS, but yes. Oh my god. Yeah, so... That would be that'd be a hell of a, a thing to come up with. Well, we did that one already. The the games that we want to have sequels, we've done a whole thing on that. We're just like, yeah, I want, I want my Portal Three. I want my Mario RPG two. I want them and I deserve them. Damn it! Yeah. What's a game that could be remade in this day and age and actually be? really successful like a, a classic game that if they actually remade it you'd be like damn that's a great idea like they release in physical format or just yeah. digital or anything just anything well what do you mean like i think well they've a, done a, a re-release or so like, like just... they did the remake of final fantasy 7 and that was pretty successful but then they also tried doing that with conquer's bad fur day and that wasn't received as well Okay. So what's one that you think would would actually be successful? You know, they did all, they, they're doing all they do all the pixel based Final Fantasies. And you can download yes. them now. Shout out to our buddy Glenn because when that Final Fantasy VIII remake is going to be his his friggin' uh, his calling in life. Oh, dude, Final Fantasy VIII is I think one of the most underrated Final Fantasy games, and I think it's just because it had to shadow, like it had to follow in the shadow of Final Fantasy VII. Right. Well, Final Fantasy eight, if you really look at it, the story is great. It's phenomenal. And the combat was actually pretty decent. I Now, I do admit I missed like the, the Mako, so not the Mako, the uh, material, materia system. But um, it, it was still a good game. And then by the time we were just like, OK, maybe we overinflated Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy nine came out. And that's also a really good game, but it's still more appreciated than Final Fantasy VIII. There's something about like people not liking it, and I don't understand. For me, it was like right at the beginning, is they went to try to make realistic human models, and it was like, no, PS1's not ready for this. I mean, I agree, it was not ready, but the game itself. And then there was, was the whole bad. fighting that you had to pull the trigger at the right time so you could use the gun part of the blade too. You didn't like that, and it was just like. The idea is good, but like you had to do every single time you did an attack, you had to remember to pull the trigger at the right time. I didn't find that to be a problem. I I don't know. That's just me, though. 
Okay, so if we're talking about a re-release, I feel like any any Super Nintendo game. Yeah, pretty much. Those were because they were all. It was a good time. Everything it was smooth, right? Like <laughs> they were. I'm not very nostalgic for NES games because some of them were really jaggy and ugly. But like but a, Super Nintendo is where it was at. Yeah, Super it Nintendo was, was where it was at. First off, yeah, it was very smooth, and the games were complete. Right, there was no like definitive edition versus a normal edition or anything like that. Now they can make a collector's edition. I'd be okay with that and have like a little figurine or something. Just as a perfect example, look at what they did with the Link's Awakening and the Pokemon Let's Go remakes of Pokemon Yellow and Link's Awakening on Game Boy. It's very easy to remake a game like that. Very easy with modern smooth graphics and not lose not lose the plot. Well, if it was a t- yeah, it's a top-down game, you just the pixel count <laughs> sure but but like even a, even a side scroller i mean we've seen that they've done the modern mario side scrollers are easy to do you could remake all of super mario world with modern mario graphics and it would still look great I'd like to see I mean, this, this would involve a full remake though i'd like to see the original um metal gear yeah that's a good one I've always said they should do a full remake of the original San Andreas. Just because that game was so beloved in the GTA series and to see that redone would make it makes so much money. See, I would even be happy if you just let me customize the buttons. I feel like I can make shooting on the trigger. (laughs) Yeah, you would have to remake PlayStation games and up. But you can freely re-release a Super Nintendo game because there's something about pixel art that's just forever versus the polygons of a PS1 or a 64. Like we can't I couldn't tolerate it now. There are certain games like I loved Resident Evil 1, but if you just re like released it the way it was then now, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Well, I mean, that game's been remade, like, 20 times as well. well so. Yeah, true. Right. I, I, that was a poor example. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis was good. I couldn't play it again. But it was good at the time. That's that generation, dude. The first 3D generation. It's too jaggy, too. Yeah. Rails. And they also... Shooter rails. There was, um... There was something within this, inside the PlayStation, where it couldn't do perfect straight lines. So it had to jag everything up. There was a whole thing on it because, like, if you look at emulators now, there's no way to recreate the like. It actually looks better on an emulator than it did on the actual PlayStation hardware because of the way the hardware did its like rendering or whatever, which is funny, but whatever. I'm just saying, if they actually remade Ocarina of Time with Breath of the Wild's graphics, they'd make it. They'd make a billion dollars. Or just clean it up. I've seen some of the uh, Unreal 4 games. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yes. Even that. That, to me, is looks great. The thing is, you want... like, And now's the perfect time to do it. You want to have a 3D game where you cannot reasonably look at an individual polygon. Right? You can't have it just make a sharp turn. 
like they have been on 64 and stuff like that where you like they couldn't make a fucking sewer pipe round for whatever fucking reason rounds a shape <laughs> but they couldn't make it they couldn't make it 3d in 64 so but now you can you can totally do it now re, re like just remake it the polygon counts are are good enough to the point where round things look round. There was, what was the thing I saw? There's more pixels in the android girl's butt in Nier, Nier Automata than there is in all of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, perfect example. What about some of those rare games that were really popular, like Jet Force Gemini, Perfect Dark? Like, imagine getting those completely remade. Actually, I think the Perfect Dark, another Perfect Dark game is coming. Because I know they people were uh, thrilled. Semi remake, remaster uh, came out during the yeah. People like an actual, like. an actual remaster of the first game, not that Perfect Dark Zero. Pretty oh, cool yeah, game. yeah. <laughs> they, they did it. They had a remaster on. Like, okay, imagine taking a first person shooter like Doom taking the entire original game but just making it mod just modernizing it everything's still in the same place just the graphics are super enhanced the bad guys could have different characteristics in them and everything like imagine how popular that would be duke nukem or or what if you took an, an arcade style game like tecmo super bowl or nba jam and just put in modern rosters but kept the gameplay the same the arcade style simple gameplay people would love that yeah that's why that's like what they should do with like a game like that release the game make it be like 10 bucks and then every year big roster update another 10 bucks just every year just 10 bucks yeah with the advent of the internet you can update anything as many times as you want uh ea does it with nhl 94 on the website (laughs) Every year they update it and it's free. You can get it on the website because apparently 90, the NHL game in 94 for like Genesis and Super Nintendo is still thought of as like the best hockey video game there is. Really? And they still do roster updates every once in a while. So that's where we peaked 1994 (laughs) for hockey video games. Apparently (laughs) good job. EA. Good job. I, You know what? Duke Nukem is actually a really good series that I would like to see be redone, but correctly, you know? Or, um, you know what I'm actually quite surprised about that hasn't been remade, even though it's been successful every time it's launched? Twisted Metal. Mm. Like, when was the last time we had a, a Twisted Metal game? Yes. Some of those genres, Crazy Taxi. There's a PS3 was the last one. <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't get released for the PS4, which was upsetting, but, you know, it's whatever. They had a, a bunch of great release titles for the PS4. It's it's the one console that has, like, the most fucking games, right? So, whatever. But the PS5 doesn't have anything right now. I mean, not a whole lot. Let me, let me rephrase that. They could totally do a Twisted Metal re-release on a PS5. I would love to see Rock Band make a comeback. Yeah, they had a game last generation. Rock Rocksmith Band? is trying one because I just saw that Rocksmith uh, has a game coming out. I is that the one where um, 
It has the drums and everything. That's not just a guitar. Yeah, rock band. You could play uh, drums, bass, guitar, and sing. You could you could do four. And then in the third one, they, and in the third one, they released a keyboard. Yes, they had a keyboard too. <laughs> they I were fun. We played, it. we played it so much. They were so much fun. I still have. At least one of the guitars. I think I might have two guitars. I gave all of mine away when we moved to our I old gave, roommate. I gave our drums away. We actually had two sets of drums. Okay, so uh, make good friends, people. <laughs> That's what I gotta say to you. Yes. Uh, because I, for my birthday one year, I went, got my birthday money and stuff, went straight to GameStop. This is when I had a, I had a, a, a scooter. I was riding in a scooter. And uh, um, went to the GameStop, got a copy of Rock Band and a separate guitar. And I had to situate things in and amongst the scooter so I could drive back home. I was poking myself in the gut with the guitar handle. (laughs) Because it was inside the cup holder. Because there isn't enough storage room in the scooter. I had to un- I had to get rid of the box for the guitar immediately. I had to unbox the guitar in the rain on December fifteenth. You're a crazy person. Oh, so I had to throw the box away right away because I had no room. How mad would scooter. you have been had you gotten home and the fucking guitar didn't work? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's the perfect answer. <laughs> Do you know who I gave all my stuff to, Eric? Um, Susie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say Shannon, but oh yeah. <laughs> I, I gave it to Shannon before we moved, and then it came with us. That makes sense, Eric. No, I thought just everything. You gave everything to Shannon. And <laughs> oh. yeah, so yeah, all the other parts I got were from other from were from friends. So I had I ended up with a wired set of drums. I end up with a wireless set of drums. I end up with a second guitar. And I end up with a microphone. Just because of friends that stopped playing. That's crazy. Like, it's such a good game, too. Now, that's one thing where I feel like that company could literally make a game. Like, hear me out, right? Make the game for the PC. And you buy the songs as downloadable content even if it's like a microtransaction type of thing where you give them 10 bucks and they give you so many coins and you can use coins to purchase individual songs that are created by Mm -hmm. this company or whatever they would make a fucking killing you could even put out the game for free and make all your money off the downloads right they even had a part where uh people would um code in their own songs yeah, that's how somebody I know actually has their song in the game through that. One of my favorites was when they released the the download, so you could do you could play "Still Alive" from Portal, and then Timmy and the Lords of the Underworld from South Park. <laughs> you actually have to sing the Timmy parts of the song too. I'm like, I'm gonna play this. This is gonna be fun to sing, and then I realized that it's not as easy as you think. Oh no, it's probably the hardest song. I sang Still Alive and got that was my first five star song I ever got a I ever got. Yeah, but you could like meow like a cat and get that one. I think that was um, the thing. 
remember, I thought I thought freaking uh, Beastie Boys was going to be easy. I'm like, oh, sabotage. All I have to do is rap. And then I realized that I, it's not that hard. They're they're picky about stuff. Well, rap songs, all you have to do is just be talking. Any noise coming in through the microphone would count. You didn't have to have pitch right or anything like that. Oh, Jesus. On, on raps. That sounds like a... Well, you did on mine. <laughs> freaking insult to rappers right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think the hardest song that I ever played was the Freebird. That fucking solo. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I was exhausted by the time the solo showed up. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, here we go. I remember the evil, the evilness of putting in Through the Fire and Flames from Dragon Force and Guitar Hero 3 and not even having you play the, you were playing the synthesizer parts, not even the friggin' guitar. And I'm like, they just did this to be evil. You know what we should do? Now that we're on this kick of like games that we want to see come back, we should make the we should bring it up, right? Put it in a poll. What games would you like to see re-released or remade? Or both? Like what like one game that's a, a copy, one for one, just re-released on a new console or or whatever. And then another one that that you thought was great but you couldn't play now because the freaking graphics are terrible so you want it remade well after we put this episode up on sunday morning why don't you head to the group and do the poll because i don't know how to do you can (laughs) but i i I can figure it out i guess you know how to do you know how to post on facebook then just do that and let people comment (laughs) okay that's that's what yeah i'll do that do you know how to do that eric yeah i copy paste all the time there you go. I know how to use Excel. Anyway. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to say for this for this week, unless you guys have something else, but there's one other thing that I wanted to touch on I've been getting back into lately, and that's stand-up comedy. I was doing one of those late night can't sleep, start viewing stuff, and I was never a big Gabriel Iglesias fan, but I like him in small in smaller doses. I like watching clips of him and I kind of fell down that that stand up comedy rabbit hole. And I'm like, OK, I watched a whole bunch of fluffy clips and then I'm like, oh, I got to watch some more stuff. And then. All right. And there here's Jeff Dunham. There's George Carlin. There's Ron White. And it just spiraled out of control from there. And I fell back into the stand up stand up comedy rabbit hole. But stand up is I, gold. I love it. It's just I don't there there's nothing new right now no not really although dave Chappelle is brilliant and he's put out some new stuff i've enjoyed but i kind of wanted to just end the note on uh who are some of your favorite stand-up comedians oh um, just off the top of your head like my top three george carlin um robin williams Mm-hmm. Robin Williams stand up is so funny. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. That's like piss your pants funny. And uh Richard Pryor. I'm a big uh Stephen Lynch fan. Ooh, yeah. Cuz cuz I love his songs. They're so they're so insulting. For for anybody unaware of Stephen Lynch, go to YouTube and look up Stephen Lynch special ed. And that will tell you everything you need to know about him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
or Stephen Lynch Special Olympics. You've already figured this out by just me saying the names of these songs. Special but, Fred, Mama dropped him on his head. Uh, yeah, I had to change it to Special Fred. But yeah, the if you just look up the full version of Stephen Lynch, Stephen Lynch stuff, and you will see some of the why he is such an he's an insult comic. He ain't for everybody. But he's he is hysterical. And his buddy Mike sadly just passed away that he that would appear on his shows with him. Some wish him wish him well. Yeah. Um, I love raunchy comedy like the comedy needs to be super inappropriate for me to absolutely lose my mind. Jim Norton. Where he's describing the various lips of the women and I'm not talking about the lips he kissed <laughs> or maybe describing maybe them in was... great detail. <laughs> uh, he did more than that. Let me tell you, <laughs> I saw I saw him live. Um, you know who was a surprisingly funny stand up comedian? Craig Ferguson. I'm not surprised. I actually that. I actually saw him perform. I went with with my mother because she's a big Craig Ferguson fan. Back when I was in college, he happened to be appearing at one of the local high schools. And he did a stand up routine that was actually quite funny. If you like Craig Ferguson and, and you want someone like newer, like the, the, the comics that I named, right? They're pretty old school comics. Uh, and, right. and that's why I love them, because like they can get away with Carlin them. Pryor. Right. Eddie like, Murphy. Yeah. Talk about like pushing the boundary. I would check out Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr's good. Yeah. Jimmy Carr's good. I know a lot of people swore by Brian Regan. I'm not sure. I didn't think he was as funny as other people did, but I could see why people like him. I think he and was better 10 years ago. I think he's fallen off. In the and there's Dane Cook, the infamous. Well, he stole everybody's jokes. And Was that Dane Cook who stole the jokes? I thought that was uh, Carlos Mencia. Yes, correct. <laughs> it was both. Okay. <laughs> it. Well, well, more than one comedian stole jokes. Yeah. But, but uh, like I was I was just talking to uh, I was actually just talking to Dan about this the other day. The uh, the blue collar comedy guys, because I I was rewatching the uh, the blue collar comedy tour specials. And I'm like, I'm not really big on those guys individually, except for Ron White. But when you put all four of them together, they're really funny. It's because it's just a group of friends talking to each other like we are right now. And there's right. And that's, that's inherently funny about the like when we talk to each other and make each other laugh. because it's it's natural. Yeah. That's all you need. You you want it to be you want it to be natural. Want to hear a funny word? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't tell that story on the air. Damn it! I have to. Maybe we'll put that on Patreon. Are you Ron Tater Salad White? <laughs> I was just being a smart ass kid. Um, Do you have any aliases? Yeah, they call me Tater Salad. <laughs> oh man! They arrested me for being drunk in public, and I drunk was mad. I said, "In public, want to be I'd... drunk in." Public, I want to be drunk in a bar. Drunk in a bar. They threw you, me. They threw into me public. into public. Arrest them. <laughs> Dan and I were watching this old 
really, really shitty wrestling pay-per-view from 1994, and the copy we're watching was ripped directly off a of VHS tape, so it still had commercials on it, and it's just like, check out Jeff Foxworthy's new special, You Might Be a Redneck If. I'm like, oh my god, he really has been doing the same routine since 1994. Yeah. That's like his... And thing. now he's not smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> uh, th- that's the Jeff thing about Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy. He... I don't know who he talks to where he always gets his show on the air. It just never lasts. It's like the first thing fucking. He canceled. had two, two sitcoms. Yep. Looks well, like it's like Larry, the cable guy can be funny, but you need him in smaller doses, which is why cars three was better than cars two because they shortened Mater's role significantly. Cause he's got, he's very much the same gimmick but if you take him in small doses you and isolate the parts where he's actually funny he is a funny comedian but you have to you have to pick it apart same with foxworthy some of the you might be a redneck if jokes are very funny but i can't listen to a whole thing on them Um, give me give me a handful of them and i'll laugh but when he just keeps going with it and like all right i think like my favorite skits that he has are the um redneck vo- uh, vocabulary oh uh, yes oh yes yes yeah Th- that those are my favorite like i laugh every time i fucking hear those and i i don't know why that's like i guess the redneck in me but like those are fucking hilarious but outside of that i don't think his his like material aged well you know what i mean nothing inappropriate or anything it's just it's boring now yeah nothing inappropriate like how dragon ball depicts black people <laughs> oh, you just wait till that uh, Red Ribbon saga when you meet when you meet one of the characters. You're like, oh, that is not okay. <laughs> and what's his name? Ah, uh, huh? Okay. All right. So, yeah. But, yep. Yep. That was back and then in, uh, like, the early '80s. And keep in mind, this was not American. This is not American racism. Because how Japanese do it. <laughs> it's the Japanese. It's very similar to Americans, but, but when <laughs> but when they were doing it in the fifties, not in the eighties. <laughs> it's just like holy well, shit. Okay. Oh, like like Chappelle, like the Chappelle show skit with the the family with the unfortunate last name. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It's our colored milkman, and it's my favorite family to deliver milk to. <laughs> the funniest skit they ever did on that show but you can't you can't repeat it it's so great you can repeat it you just we can't repeat it you shouldn't end. repeat it no. <laughs> yeah you're right there can't you and shouldn't are two completely different exactly. things exactly exactly you can say whatever you want and you'll probably get knocked the fuck out Gotta take you off yeah <laughs> You know, that's that's what's funny like the redneck thing where people are like well you know Larry the Cable Guy he's actually half German I'm like if he's still from the South and he still comes from a redneck thing, he's still pulling the humor from his own thing. That was like the big thing with Carlos Mencia, where like, you know, he's actually got German blood in him. He's not a full-blooded Mexican. Yes, but he is Mexican. He knows what his humor is. Yeah. Like, it's like when I make Italian jokes and friggin' dumbass Joey image. Love you, Joe. But he's like, you're not Italian. Your last name's oh something. I'm like, dumbass. I'm still half Italian. Don't be drawn by what the name is. Yeah, like, what's your father's maiden name exactly? Yeah, exactly. 
Ugh, freaking hell. But I mean, you know, my mother's maiden name was Esposito. So that's like the Smith of the Italian world. <laughs> so it's not like it's like, oh, OK, well, there's a freaking hundred thousand of them running around. Dude, my. So that's the one thing about the blue collar guys is Bill Engvall. He kind of doesn't fit in because he's more of just like a suburban dad comedy, which is very funny comedy, but he doesn't really do redneck comedy. So I still like him, but he's not. See, Ron White's an actual like. He's a southern drunk. That's what's funny about him. He's the other type of, of southern stereotype. Foxworthy and Larry Kate the Cable Guy are the first ones. Ron White's the other guy you meet in the South. But yeah, when they play off each other, they're very funny. Oh yeah. So yeah, more stand up more stand up comedy in in our lives and uh I think that's a that's a good way to end the show. Talk about some comedy stuff. So if for for the highlight, I'm just gonna highlight everything. We need we need Half Life three. We need another <laughs> portal game and we need more stand up comedy. Yes. That sums up the whole show today. <laughs> you could have just skipped all the way to the two hour mark and just go and listen to this. You got the whole gist. You're skipping the, sh- the show. What the? Come <laughs> well, on. It's over now. And by the time they hear this, they're like, well, I'm already here. So there's no well, I'm already here, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, check out all the great shows at CKCC Radio at CKCCRadio.com. Follow us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Check out our partner shows, including the Blake and Sal Show, the United We Fan Podcast with Mark and Brian, and Sick Minds of Matt and Eric. You don't have to do your plug because you've already kind of plugged it at this point. They talk about video games and anime. But you check all that stuff out. Um Announcements, we are going to be doing a patron special where we review the Lord of the Rings films, the extended editions. That will be at the end of the month, and that will air the same weekend we do our live 50th episode, which will be in four weeks time because this was episode 46. Once we have the exact set date and time, we will make sure we announce it so you guys can try to be there to participate in our first ever live episode. That was something that Dan and I did experiment with with our Club Kayfabe podcast. We would actually do a live broadcast on Twitch at the same time we were doing. We would record the regular episodes and we would just release the audio only. So there'd be like a little pre-show and everything. So you guys could even join us for the pre-show. And then we'll actually we will still release the audio, though, in the podcast format. So if you don't if you miss the live taping, you can still listen to us. It'll probably be a Friday or Saturday evening, most likely. So we hope you will join us for that. Who is hungry? I have yet to eat today, so. You know, so let's let's go change that. So we will see you guys next time here on The Nerd Table. Sayonara. See ya. Night. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.